Okay, let's do this one last time, yeah? Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Spider. Call me Spider-Man! I want that ball-crawling arachnid prosecuted! I'm Spider-Man. I want him strung up by his web! Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. I want Spider-Man! Hello, true believers. Welcome to the Spider-Man Book Club. This podcast is all about digging into the library of everyone's favorite wall-crawling menace and his amazing corner of the Marvel Universe. I'm your host, J.J. Hodges. Today, I'm joined by Zaki Histan. Uh, Zaki, how the heck are you, my friend? I'm doing very well, thanks. How about yourself? Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, I am very excited about this story because I... um, you know, usually I like to reach out to people and say, hey, if there's anything you want to talk about, you know, feel free. In this case, I sort of just cornered you and said, hey, you know, you talked about nothing can stop the juggernaut. You want to be on the show? And you kind of put your hands <laughs> up and said, don't hurt my family. Yes, I'll do whatever you want. So <laughs> I think that's how it went. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but no, no, you were singing its praises on Twitter uh, uh, not too terribly long ago. And I was like, oh, you know, I don't think I, I, and as I say a lot, I know the story, but I've never read it. So it was really exciting reading it. And and it's actually a pretty breezy read, being only two issues versus the normal, like, six to ten that some of these dang things tend to be sometimes. That's right. Um, so let, let's start by saying it is The Amazing Spider-Man number 229 and 230, Nothing Can Stop the Juggernaut. Uh, released in March of 1982, um, written by Roger Stern, penciled by John Romita Jr., inked by Jim Mooney, colored by Glynis Ween, and lettered by Joe Rosen. So right off the bat here, I want to mention that, you know, it's, it's John Romita Jr. who drew it, but if you had told me it was John Romita Sr. that drew it, I 100% would have believed you, because it doesn't have that junior flavor to it yet you know what i mean that's right yeah it's it's uh he hadn't quite found his style yet i guess would be the best way to put it yeah and and i think it also speaks to how much uh uh, john romita senior you know really created the house style for spider-man i mean uh maybe you know this many decades later it's it's uh maybe people forget that when when todd mcfarlane came on that was the first time it became okay to not draw Spidey the way John Romita did, mm, mm-hmm. you know? And so very, so even though you had all these different artists doing amazing stuff, it was still uh, to a large extent, you know, a few standard deviations away from what John Romita did. And that had become, uh, you know, the, the, the licensing style sheet for Spider-Man and everything else. So, uh, it, you know, I, th- I think what Junior did was very subtly and you see it during the course of this, his first run on amazing we're very slowly he he starts becoming uh the john ramita jr that we know uh now are are you a fan of the ramitas at all i mean i'm sure you know the, definitely yes of course but but you know but uh i'm sure you're you know because you were growing up with uh you know reading back issues of ramita stuff right yeah yeah i mean d- definitely uh, you know, when I when I was growing up, yeah, it was I because I, I not only read uh, the reprints of 
the John Romita run via Marvel Tales, but you know, I also read collections of the Spider-Man newspaper strip, uh, mm. which was drawn, you know, in the early years, it was drawn by John Romita. So that was sort of like in my head, I was like, well, that's how Spider-Man is supposed to look, you know? Yeah. And I remember the first time I saw John Romita Jr.'s art was not in Spider-Man. It was in, uh, it was a portion of, of uh, the Avengers annual from 1987. And, you know, he, he, he had, you know, it was, it was becoming, because this was right around the same time he was doing Daredevil, right? So he had, he had by then developed a, a specific style, which was, by the way, different from, you know, the way he draws now even. But I was like, man, like John Romita Jr., like there, there's something here, something interesting, you know, and I was like, seven you know what i mean but I like, <laughs> there's, there's something here i like this you know and it was different yeah. um and and so it was only later even though i had read nothing and stopped the juggernaut it was only later that i realized oh that's john Romita jr who did that you know because like kind of what you say like you're just kind of like oh well that's all john Romita. you know when you're a kid you're like well it all kind of looks like john Romita, yeah uh, senior you know right uh and, and even you know and it's kind of not far from uh, Kirby too, you know the way he he drew his books. Um, you know the the only like the main like anyone who had any sort of style, and I say that you know loosely. You know I don't mean that as a knock to the Ramitas at all or Kirby, but you know like Ditko, like you could look at a Ditko drawing, and be like oh that's that's Steve Ditko, whereas like yeah. with Ramita and Kirby, you know it was fairly similar. You know you could tell the difference as well. Maybe to people like us, we have a keener eye for those things. Um, I remember, like, you know, off topic, years and years ago in high school, picking up a variant cover of uh, Superman Batman that uh, Jim Lee had done. And mm -hmm. and I was showing it to my girlfriend at the time. And I was like, oh, this is the Jim Lee variant. That's so cool. You know, it's like, see, it's the same <laughs> issue, but they have different covers. And I was showing her and she was like, they look exactly the same to me. And I was like. Are you kidding me? Like, look, Batman's leaner in this one. His ears are longer, and in this one, he looks. I don't yeah. get it. <laughs> um, he's uh, he's married now and has has a family of her own. But, <laughs> uh, but, but you know, it's like I, I feel like we we can catch those things immediately, which is why when I saw there was Junior doing this one, I was like, oh, okay, like so this was him before he really figured out he could do his own thing. And was just trying, I guess, not to upset the apple cart, right? <laughs> with, with his uh, yeah jobs at Marvel. And when you think about it, I mean, he had this amazing uh, uh, couple of years there where he was doing uh, Amazing Spider-Man, and you know that was whatever it was, nineteen eighty four, and you know, pretty much right from there, he jumps to X Men. Yeah, um, and you know, so I mean. Like right out the shoot, this guy proves that talent is genetic, you know, like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I'm certainly hoping that for, for my kiddo, uh the mom mom is a uh, she's a tattoo artist, she's very good. Um and you know, she likes to draw and color and stuff, but of course, you know, being three years old, it's just it's all over the place. But um I I think if she sticks to it, she'll be She'll be uh, paying the bills one of these days, so I can finally retire. I hope so. That'd be great. <laughs> we'll, we'll see, right? <laughs> the way things are going. Uh, but, um, but yeah, you know, and and the funny thing is that with the uh, on the writing side of it, Roger Stern, I I don't think I have ever read anything of his outside of like Superman. You know, being like oh, the, wow. okay. one of the big uh, 
architects behind the death of Superman, and right. um, and what else? Um, he wrote the uh, the novelization of it. The I think it was called the Death and the Life of Superman, That's something right. like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, which I read a long, long time ago. Um, so I was like, I was like, oh, you know, and it just even to this day, like it's it's not news when when people think it is, but it's not really news if somebody wants to jump ship or writes an or you know signs an exclusive contract with DC or Marvel. But some, but for some reason, in my brain, still, I still go, oh well, he can write Spider Man too. Like, <laughs> like I just really need to get over myself being a comic book fan my whole life. But <laughs> um, no, but you know, I'll tell you, Roger Stern. I mean, he he had his run on Amazing Spider Man, which was terrific. He he had a several year run on Avengers where um, John Buscema was drawing it. I mean, and for me, like to this day, to me, that's like that's the definitive. Avengers run in my mind. He also had a brief run on Captain America with John Byrne for about six issues. I okay. mean, it, it's funny because because by the time he was writing Superman, I I knew his name because I I just associated with quality, you know. So I was like, yeah. oh, okay, something good here, you know. And I I was fine. I think back on that because again, when he came to Superman, we're talking what, like 88, 89, something like that. So I was, I was like nine or 10, but even then I, I recognized the name. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I know this name. That's a good name. You know? Yeah. It, it uh, it's something that I think I was always interested in. And it sounds like you were too, as a kid, like who's writing this stuff, who's drawing it, you know, it's because, you know, it's not just, you know, disposable entertainment. It like, to me, this, this is, this is interesting. This is exciting. So, you know, when I started learning names like, oh, Jeff Loeb, who wrote Long Halloween, is now writing the the ongoing Batman and introducing Hush, you know. And then there's Jeff Johns, yeah. who's do, who was doing Teen Titans when, when like in the early two thousands. That's where I right. discovered him. Where I was like, oh wow, this guy's a great writer because these books that I had zero interest in, I'm devouring, you know. <laughs> um, like Green Lantern Reaper, what I said on the other show, uh, that I, I knew nothing about that character. I just thought the artwork looked kind of cool. And then, you know, within six issues of Green Lantern Rebirth, uh, Hal Jordan became one of my favorite characters. You mm-hmm. know, it's mm-hmm. just, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, uh, it's it's easy to follow the writers around. Like in your case saying, oh, Roger Stern, like, oh, if he's doing Avengers, then I'm going to jump on Avengers. Um, like it's, it's just a no brainer to add add or subtract to your pull list right yeah um <clears throat> one of the things that i i really liked about this story is that um <laughs> and this is the second time i'll be saying this you know pretty much in a row is that i'm i'm really glad that like for once we're not dealing with all this peter parker drama you know it's a it, it's a <laughs> right. spider it's a spider-man story through and through and almost like an episode of like you know it, one of the animated series um which makes it uh, a kind of, which to me at least stand out because I feel like for the past, you know, however many episodes I've done so far, um, like 30 plus, or probably more than that, doesn't matter. Anyway, <laughs> I'm constantly saying, well, that's the thing about Peter Parker is that Peter has always got this going on or that going on. In this case, I can just go, you don't even have to worry about Peter Parker. It's all Spider-Man doing all the, the cool Spider-Man stuff, you know, but in this really fun you know turn of events where he has to fight an x-men villain versus one of his own and i think that 
so that helps to leave the Peter Parker out of it, I guess, but also makes for a very interesting story because how are these characters going to interact with each other? Because at, at that point, they hadn't really, you know? Right. Yeah, um, and, and I think I think uh, using a character like Juggernaut allows us to see Spidey, you know, outside his comfort zone, so to speak. You know, I mean, I think mm-hmm. I think that the power set is so the differential is so vastly out of whack that it really, it highlights that Spider-Man is the guy who does the right thing, even though he knows, he knows he is going to get his ass kicked. Yeah. But he does it (laughs) because it's the right thing to do. You know, I mean, I think, and when I, when I first uh, tweeted about this story, I think it was driven somewhat by, by that, you know, while rereading, it's like, you know, it's, I, you know, I, I say this a lot, right. I, I, I think that, superheroes uh, should be relatable uh, but they should also be aspirational right so in the sense Mm -hmm. that uh, it's easy to do you know like a a homelander or something where it's like oh that's what people would really be like with superpowers you know what i mean just nasty horrible but like i i look at somebody like spider-man and i see you know like i've loved spider-man ever since i was a kid i don't read the comic books anymore but i i have my books my era that i always go back to but you know my kids they watch the shows and they play a video game and everything and you know what they love is it's not just i could be spider-man it's i would hope to be spider-man mm-hmm. in other words that's who i would hope to be the person who does the right thing you know and i think that's what this story highlights so much i mean you know it's <laughs> it's like madam webb needs my help i'm gonna help her i know this is what am i doing am i an idiot doesn't matter i'm gonna do this because it's the right thing to do and and that's a and, and that's another thing that it it, it being again Spider Man centric where it's Madame Web versus like Aunt May right that's right uh, it, because it, it could very easily have been I don't know, Aunt May has some you know treasure yeah. or lottery ticket or something that Juggernaut wants to steal I mean that'd be kind of silly but um, <laughs> but you know but then again isn't that kind of what happened with Doc Ock let's <laughs> think about it yeah right. <laughs> um, but uh, you know it. But it's it's fun to to get you know, and that's, and that's what Marvel has always done really, really well. And it took DC, I think, quite a while to kind of catch up to that idea that oh, wait a minute, like, well, why can't we have Lex Luthor fight the Titans, you know, or right. Deathstroke versus you know Superman or something like that? It because there, there's there's no law that says well, no, 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 that that these are these are X Men villains. They they can't they can't you know follow anybody else around it's like well why not they all live in the same right. world you know that's right technically speaking they live in the same city you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, and, and to that point i mean i think i think what you're saying is part of the reason why uh the acts of vengeance uh crossover which is a couple of years later mm-hmm. uh, I, that's why i don't think that one really landed as well uh, as they might have hoped because the the conceit which is oh this hero's villains are going to fight this hero, this hero instead. You know, like I, it's like, yeah, but Marvel does that anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and that's all well and good because it's, uh, it's more interesting that way. And that was something that when Mark Ray, excuse me, Mark Wade, uh, when he took over Daredevil, uh, like 10 years ago, 10 ish years ago, you know, that was his thing right off the bat. Like the first villain that Daredevil fights is the spot. And I thought that was so cool, you know, just, and it seems kind of obvious you know, this villain that can throw him in a black hole 
Like, well, guess what? Right. Daredevil kind of thrives in the darkness, so he's going to kick your ass. <laughs> right. So just like fun stuff like that that makes it um, that much more exciting as a as a reader. Um, I will say this though, um, I'll, I'll defer to you a little bit here because I have no idea who Black Tom is, and I sort of don't want to know because Deadpool two has ruined <laughs> Black Tom for me forever. <laughs> um, <laughs> like every time he was on, you know, in, in when I was reading when he was on screen, quote unquote, all I could think was like was just Ryan Reynolds going. What about the Black Dom? He was like a brother to me. <laughs> and, you know, so I was like, I don't know anything about this guy. And now suddenly I feel like I just rewatched Deadpool 2 a couple months ago. And I feel like he's all over the place now. Like, I think he popped up in another X-Men book I was looking at. And I was like, I was like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's, he's yeah. just, he's just like, uh, he's Juggernaut's like business partner, basically. Okay. Um, um, and they just yeah they're just kind of a they're just kind of a pair since since at least the Claremont uh, era of of X Men and and even into the like when X Force first started uh, Black Tom and Juggernaut were both both showed up in like X Force number uh, three and four which is ironically which was a Spider Man crossover. Hmm. Um, well, it's funny because you know he doesn't interact with Spider Man at all and. And this, and right at the beginning of the story, I had to laugh a little bit because Juggernaut being kind of almost too powerful, like annoyingly too powerful, mm-hmm. um, which is why I'm glad this is only two issues. Because if it had been any more, it would have gotten old. Um, right. But you know, when they're on the on the boat, and Black Tom's like, "Oh, we're about 15 minutes from shore," and Juggernaut's like, "All right," and he just jumps out, <laughs> jumps off the boat, and walks you know, underwater to the land. <laughs> I just kind of laughed. I was like, wait, does Juggernaut need, not need to breathe? And then, like, he says something later, like, he doesn't need air, he doesn't need, you know, food, whatever. And uh, I was I was like, oh, okay, because I thought that was really strange. <laughs> but again, <laughs> uh, but Juggernaut is almost ruined. Not quite ruined, but almost ruined because of the, the uh, I'm the Juggernaut bitch videos. Have you seen those? <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, it just especially when he was walking underwater, that's all I could think about was just like, oh well, there he is. He's the juggernaut bitch, and he, he's coming to get you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, and now I think about it, Black Thomas and that, but I didn't know who Black Tom was. I was just laughing at those those guys doing those ridiculous dubs. Um, but um, but yeah, it, so it's it it was funny just to have these like ridiculous like you, you can kind of only do this in a comic book well maybe now you could do it in the movies but it's like you know okay i'm just gonna jump off the boat and walk to shore and it's just like it's a really cool image even though in my head i was like i was like i feel like that would take longer but whatever it's it's a way to show off how powerful he is i guess you know <laughs> right that's right um which is i guess you know if you had never read an x-men comic you would think you'd see that and go oh wow this this guy is really powerful and is going to be a threat to spider-man and and again having having this moment you know towards the end of the book where you realize that sort of like great spider-man stories is that he almost he he, he sort of wins by luck (laughs) you know that's right yeah Um, like he just happens to get lucky and, and is able to beat juggernaut but even though he didn't like you know, it's it's sort of a bittersweet victory because Madame Web is still kind of in critical condition by the end of the story, but 
you know, but we we all know she's gonna be okay. She's gonna <laughs> she's gonna be around for another another day, of course, because she's gonna be around long enough for Sony to make a Madam Web movie for some reason. <laughs> oh yeah, I <laughs> there's a lot of uh, Sony decisions that I don't I truly don't understand, um, <laughs> and I but but you know actually but to your point about about the. Uh, uh, the inner this uh character not being familiar necessarily to spider-man audiences i mean certainly that was the case for me because at the time i read this comic originally i i this was my first exposure to juggernaut so it was only later that i uh, uh came to know him as an x-men villain mm -hmm. you know and so that's sort of the genius of the interconnected marvel universe where you, you these little threads allow you to connect from one title to another from one set of characters to another and it and it really does expand uh the universe for you in that sense and, and i think that's what makes marvel comics a lot of fun and i think it's what has made the movies so successful too um I agree. is is feeling like oh you know that something that happened in in this story pays off in another story like you know we learn we don't learn that much about black widow in iron man 2 but we get a lot more of her backstory in the avengers so that's cool like like oh okay so there's payoff even if it's a few years later and i think that was Kevin Feige's idea from the start was to be like the comic books, one big story that's going on. Um, and and hopefully DC is kind of on the, maybe on the right track now with James Gunn and Peter Safran. Um, but then again, who knows? <laughs> we, we, I, <laughs> I've thought that DC was on the right track like six times in the past like five years and I've been wrong three times. Yeah, we so, shall see, right? Yeah. But uh, but you know what what are you gonna do? Uh, that's a that's a whole that's a discussion for another day. Um, but uh, but I think you know I like that the the story. You know it, it it's it's also fairly self contained as well because it opens with Madame Web having this terrible dream and then she's and then she calls Spider Man like I I need your help like something's gonna happen to me and and I like that. Where, you know, as much as we were talking about the interconnectedness, it, it it was nice to not feel like I was missing anything. Like, you know, to to get you know so and so, you know, to understand what this meant, you know, read this issue or whatever. Uh, there's a little bit of it, but for the most part, you could go into these two issues and feel like you're you're getting a, a fairly complete story and not having to like, okay, well, all right, now this is teasing Amazing Spider-Man number two fifty. I got to pick that up. You know, uh, which comics are really bad at sometimes, <laughs> right? Um, so it's nice to have just the just the, the self-contained. Let's just do this story and feel like we're getting something out of it, and and feeling like, and the other thing, feeling like, uh, like sure, it's like Spider-Man taking on you know, it's the unstoppable force and the immovable, immovable object, right? To, to a certain extent, but not feeling like because other issues other stories have done this too where juggernaut has to be depowered in order for spider-man mm -hmm. to be able to fight him you know what i mean yeah um because I, I i see that a lot too where i feel like if it's a deathstroke comic if superman's going to show up then deathstroke is going to be easily be able to beat superman when it's like okay he probably shouldn't have been able to do that you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> that's right I suppose it's a little bit easier with the villains, though, because it's it's far more interesting when the villains are 
you know, if the villain's power is at a 10 and the hero's at like a seven, it's more interesting to see how the hero's gonna outsmart him in the end of the day. That's right. Um, what, it, are there, uh, so you said you you, don't, you weren't terribly familiar with the Juggernaut character. So this was your introduction, you said? That's right, yeah, him okay. him and Madam Web. Okay, um, so did, so going forward then, um, were there other juggernaut stories that were like he popped up and you were like, oh, that's that's the guy, like, or that that uh, stood out as favorites to you? Yeah, well, you know, because um, let's see, I mean, I, I would have read this probably in the mid '80s, like '85-ish, I think, mm -hmm. and uh, shortly thereafter, I um, I read a reprint of one of the early. Uh, x-men issues this is like pre-claremont where mm. it shows his origin and how he discovers the temple of sidorak and all that and and so you know i was like oh okay well that's the connection you know and then you find out that he's uh professor x's uh, uh half brother or stepbrother i forget uh mm -hmm. and so again it's just one of those things where you do, you form connections and then and then he, you know he showed up in in the cartoon shows right i think he was on spider-man and his amazing friend or something like that i think so um and he was in the X-Men TV pilot, mm -hmm. um, is my recollection. And and so, you know, certainly by, by then I was like, oh, okay, I know who Juggernaut is. But yeah, it was this. It was it was reading this. In fact, uh, uh, when I read this originally, it was it was like a two issue collection, and it was it was uh, kind of done up. It it, it was uh, printed in like this processed three D thing, so you had to watch, you had to put on three D glasses to read the thing. Uh, <laughs> I remember those. Yeah, you know, which was, yeah, and it was a pain in the ass doing that. But but the story <laughs> stayed with me. I mean, I mean, to this day, you know, you think about it. Like I read it when I was, uh, you know, like I said, somewhere between five and seven, and it and it stayed with me. And and I revisited uh, multiple times since then. And I I always I, I I really do think of it as sort of like a quintessential Spider-Man story, where it's like here's two issues. Like you said, you don't it you know you don't need to give a whole uh, twelve issue collection, or whatever. Here's two. Uh, this is everything you need to know about Spider-Man, you know. Yeah, and, and I think that's what that's what makes it great is the, you know, he he, you know, trying to stop him with his webbing, trying to just punch him, trying to you know do anything he can think of, and and nothing's working, but he's still getting up and going after him, and that's right. And I think that that's you know uh, that makes you know like you said very aspirational, and I like that about the character because. You, I think it'd be very easy if you know you or I were Spider Man. We might just be like, "Well, f this, man!" Like, <laughs> like yeah. you like, Madam Web, you're on your own. I try, all right. But you know, <laughs> but of course, that's not Peter Parker. He's going to keep going. Um, and and I like that the there, it's not world ending stakes, but it's still really uh, exciting stakes because it's just this this character that that literally cannot be stopped, and. And and the whole time, I think we as the fans are going, yeah, but Spider Man's going to stop him, right? He's going to stop him, right? And then <laughs> he just keeps not stopping him. And even at the end, it's just like I said, by a stroke of luck, that he falls into the, um, you know, the the concrete, which yeah. I, again feels. But it, even then, I, I didn't feel like it was like a cheesy, like oh, of course that's the route they went ending, right? It it felt yeah. like, you know, they're. Stern is explaining it well enough where it's like, well, it's it's by the harbor, so it's thicker, so you're not gonna you're gonna get stuck there, you're not gonna be able to get out. And I was like, okay, like I can buy that. Like, 
right. I, don't know, I don't know if it's true or not, you know, maybe, but at least it feels true enough that I don't feel cheated out of a, a cool final battle or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, no, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, you know, and, and having, you know, Spider-Man just be relentless in, in his own way is, is, is a lot of fun to read because again, it's, it is that aspirational, like, you know, just cheesy as it is, the reading it going, come on, Spider-Man, get up, come on, you can do this, you know, kind of thing. Um, and then, but I will say that because of the nineties animated series, I hated Madam Web. (laughs) I just thought he was a capital B bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I was was like, she's like the worst. She just keeps saying all these vague things to Spider-Man bad things would happen and then she'd be like i told you this would happen i'm like no you didn't you gave him some riddle and then he and then something else happened he forgot about it and then you're like i told you this would happen and he's like what and and (laughs) and and i've softened somewhat over the years but when i was a kid i was like god like so that dealt with me a little bit reading this going i don't care if spider-man saves her Um, so you, you you hear uh, Joan Lee's uh, voiceover in your head when you read her dialogue? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I although I, I but it, and it's always going to be Christopher Daniel Barnes as as Spider Man for me. That's the one um, you grew up with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but not the. But again, like Black Tom, the way he was written <laughs> is just like he had this like pirate accent or something, like he was right. Scottish or Irish or something. And honestly, I found that, and that's something that they don't really do in comics anymore, but used to happen in comics all the time. And it tr- tr- still to this day drives me nuts. It's like, it's like, okay, like you could just say that they have an accent. You don't have to like write it out so that it's harder to read. <laughs> <laughs> you know, does that yeah, make Chris sense? Claremont was was the 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 worst offender when it came to that. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, it's it's been a while. Yeah, Rogue saying shh. Sugar, you know. And, oh yeah, yeah or, yep. Or like try to decipher what Gambit is saying in his Creole accent. <laughs> there was a an issue of Ultimate X Men. I remember my friends and I were at a bookstore. We were just like, you know, like sixteen, no money. We're just passing this book around to read while we were like, I don't know, waiting for somebody's parents to pick us up, something like that. And uh, and it was an Ultimate X Men with uh, Gambit. And he's talking to this little girl, and they're having this bond. And then, and then he's like, "Oh, you better get going. Your pants going to be missing you." And she says, "My pants?" And he says, "Your pants." <laughs> like and she says, "Oh, my parents." And and we were like, "I can't believe they got away with saying that in a comic book." <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> it was so, so every now and then, like my friends and I say that because I'm like, "Hey, your pants going to be missing you." Um, <laughs> and again, it's just like, okay, like we 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 get it. They have an accent. Let's not. You know, overindulge every single freaking word sentence that they're saying. <laughs> right. Uh, but um, but then again, maybe there's people out there that are reading this that speak like that that are going, I don't know, I had no problem with it. So right. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, who knows? Um. Yeah. This. Uh. But I, I. I will say that I overall really enjoyed reading this and feeling, and even though I. I. I know it, it's one of those fun things where. I know the story, but I'd never read it. So right. it was kind of a fun, like a weird exercise and going, oh, so that's why it happened. Like I knew Spider-Man fought Juggernaut at some point. I just didn't really know why. 
and then having her with her cybernetic chair and that was you know it, it was just interesting to me the idea that juggernaut goes and he just grabs her and then he she's off her life support so he can't so she's like useless to him and yeah. he's just like all right whatever tosses her aside but spider-man's still gonna go and fight him and stop him because he's like you know that's still the right thing to do that's um right. and it, and it's and again you know the like right at the beginning she has like the the phone that comes out of her chair and i just in my head i just imagine really bad like 90s cg graphic of like a phone just like materializing next to her <laughs> like i don't know why but it just like popped in my head that way i'm like oh man that's how it would have looked if like madam webb had appeared in like a you know 1993 james cameron spider-man or something you know? <laughs> right yeah right or whatever year it was he was writing and um but we don't have to worry about that now because he's officially working on eight more avatars so <laughs> get ready world we're, we're gonna have more avatar movies um but we'll still have more spider-man movies too so that's good too um so let me so let me ask you um you know we the most recent juggernaut that we had was in deadpool 2 uh which mm -hmm. i i really enjoyed i thought that was i was actually i didn't know he was in the movie so i was really excited when he showed up uh that's right. yeah same but um, I am hoping for a more traditional, you know, Juggernaut versus the X-Men story somewhere down the line with the MCU. Um, you know, what, what do you think of that? I mean, it's probably going to happen at some point, we would hope, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, one presumes, although, I, yeah, I mean, I wonder if Deadpool 2 sort of has taken the character off the, off the deck for a little while, but... Uh, you know, I, I personally, I, I like the the aspect of him being uh, Charles Xavier's uh, brother. And I like that uh, he's not a mutant, right? That's something that uh, I can't remember what Deadpool 2 did. But I know in X-Men 3, uh, they had Juggernaut as a mutant. I'm like, well, he's not a mutant. That's kind of the whole thing is he's not, you know? Right. Uh, so I, I hope they preserve that uh, whenever we do end up seeing the character again. Which, yeah, like you say, I, I think it's only a matter of time. Sure. Know? Well, you know, I, I think his his introduction and then the, you know, pardon the language, folks, but the intro, the music that went along with it, like the holy shit, holy shit, holy shit music that <laughs> went along with it was just, I mean, you know, maybe, maybe he'd better he's off the board for a while because it was the, uh, it was so perfect the way they did it. Um, yeah. yeah. But, um, and voiced by Ryan Reynolds, in case y'all didn't know that. Um, yeah, I, sure. I found kind of interesting. Um but you know, I, I, I remember that with uh, X Men, X Men Three, them them making him a mutant, and and I think they did the same thing in the X Men Evolution cartoon because that was kind of loosely based off of the movies. Um, so and and that and that was and that's always just their way of simplifying everything, right? It's like, well, yeah. let's not get into like the crystal of the Turak or whatever, you know, and he only has his power because of this, that, and the other thing. Let's let's just say he's a mutant and move on with it. So right. I, I get the doing that sometimes, but other times I'm a little bit like, I'm like, okay, but it kind of takes away something special from the character, you know? Um, yeah. Like like for example, but but a, 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 an instance of them making the right call with that, I would say, um, <laughs> uh, Gamora being Thanos's daughter versus being his granddaughter. Because then that would raise the yeah. question: Well, who's your mother, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. 
right. and, and even then with some of the comics they do stuff like that i'm like I'm like oh my god you guys are overcomplicating all this crap and um like uh in uh in venom 2 uh the character shriek i think right um shriek, that, yeah. that that's paired up with carnage i was like wow like that's a really stupid thing to have this character be in love with someone who can who like exposes his one weakness <laughs> um, <laughs> but but then it, but that comes from the comic books you know that they were like an item and i was like yeah. oh my god like do you all, like are, are you all not reading your own stuff here like come on um but whatever um in case you all have not seen it uh venom 2 let there be carnage is bad so don't even worry about watching it um <laughs> um and and zach if you if you like that movie i'll, I'll just say to you uh why 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 do you like uh, that, movie? <laughs> that movie went in one eyeball and out the other i could not tell you uh <laughs> even even what happens in it other than from the title uh carnage is in it that's that's uh, <laughs> that's all you get that's that's how I was uh, with Morbius. I watched that. Uh, I watched it uh, completely sober, and I'm pretty sure I was not sober by the end of it. And granted, I didn't take or drink anything. <laughs> I just think by the end of it, my brain was just warped, and I was like, "Hell, did I just want?" <laughs> so, um, but hey, it's on Netflix. If you're always interested and, and <laughs> have have an hour and a half to spare. Uh, there's better things to do, but you know, I can't. I'm not your mom. I can't make you do anything. Um, <laughs> but uh, but anyway, uh, Zachy, this has been a total blast. Uh, getting uh, getting together again to talk some some great Spider-Man stories. Um, and I always have a blast talking to you. You're you're very passionate and knowledgeable, and uh, and you laugh at my lame jokes. So there's that too. <laughs> well, they're not lame. Number one, but no, thank you so much. I I, I appreciate you saying that. Uh, and I, yeah, any, any chance to shoot the breeze about uh, some of my favorite comic books, I mean, to, you know, just sign me up, I always say. Oh yeah. It, and it's, um, you know, it's, it's not hard to, to find, uh, you know, Spider-Man fans out there, of course. Um, I, I find that it's, it's harder to find people who are passionate and want to talk about it versus just kind of one word answers, <laughs> which, <laughs> which I've gotten from some people. And I'm like, okay here we go and um <laughs> but uh so so thank you for, for coming back of course and and you're welcome anytime um there's uh there's always a, a spot open for you of course thanks so much yeah, thank you um and if people are uh out there you know uh walking through water or trying to make their way through concrete on the interweb there which it feels like sometimes um where uh, where can they find you out there on in internet land well, you can find me on Twitter at Zaki's Corner. That's Z-A-K-I-S Corner. Uh, that's also my website, Zeta.com. You can read my reviews at uh, the San Francisco Chronicle and also IGN, as well as a couple other sites, depending on whatever's going on that month. And, uh, of course, you can hear my voice regularly on the Movie Film Podcast. Uh, that's one word, Movie Film, which I co-host with my partner, Brian Hall. And uh, we have not yet dropped our first episode of 2023 as we record this, but... Uh, hopefully by the time uh, y'all are listening, we'll have at least a couple episodes under our belt. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to that. I'm a big fan of your show, a uh, big fan of your writing. Um, and uh, so it's it's great being able to talk to you and, uh, and uh, you know, get to get to pick your brain a little bit, I think, because it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I appreciate that. 
Thanks so much. Uh, you're welcome. Um, and as for me, you can find me um, on Twitter at Spider-Man Books uh, or my personal account, which is for Comic Junkies. That's F-O-R Comic Junkies. You can email me at spidermanbookclub at gmail.com. Uh, you can, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please uh, write a review, subscribe, get the, get the word out there, tell people to start swinging through podcast land to, to my show, I guess. Anyway, uh, you, you get what I mean. Um, so friends, uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, thanks again to Zachy. And uh, we'll end today's episode the way we end every episode, which is with, uh, I'm the juggernaut, bitch! Oh, that's not it. Oh, we say Excelsior here. Whoops. Sorry about that, folks. <laughs>